0: You are listening to <laughs> got Yeah, leave that in now. <laughs> Shit. I thought we weren't editing. Gotta leave it Son in. of a bitch! <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me do that again. <sighs> Shit! New the host new is the old host. <laughs> you are listening you keep to that as huh? Oh, there he goes. <laughs> <laughs> you are listening to eleven o'clock comics, episode three. David, Woo-hoo. hey, do it again. Woohoo! Hello and welcome to the third episode of 11 o'clock comics and as always we'll do the old 11 o'clock roll call. I'm Vince B and I have nothing to say after my name so (laughs) let's uh, move on. I'm Christopher Neisman.
1: David Price.
0: And yeah finally our fourth and final member is here
1: Bringing sexy back, Jason Wood.
0: <laughs> bringing it back—that you're implying that it was actually here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, it's here to stay now.
0: There's nothing sexy about this. Yes, Jason Wood has finally come out of his vacation uh, little trip there, and he's with us, and will stick with us hopefully for at least you know five or six episodes. <laughs> I say
2: we. I say we let the listeners decide.
0: Yeah, we'll have a poll on the forum. <laughs>
1: no pressure. I'll be, it'll be a short-lived uh, fourth host, then, at that, at that rate.
0: Nah, he's a good boy. Very. Uh, the thing I, I love about him the most is that, agree with him or not, he's always outspoken. Always has something to say about comics, and that's what podcasting needs. Needs opinions. You know, you don't have to agree with him, but damn it, he'll have something to say on pretty much everything. That's a good thing. Well, there you go. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, I love hearing what you have to say. I mean. It, you and I are pretty much opposite ends of the spectrum. In, in, <laughs> no, in most things, but there is that common center that we have. That's really scary how similar we are. I, I yeah, think it's true.
1: So. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I, I, yeah, exactly. You, you uh, I mean, you pretty much hate all things mainstream right now, and, and I pretty much hate all the crazy shit that you love. But, but yeah. there's that middle ground we still. Yeah, to get I with.
0: wouldn't. I wouldn't say hate. I, I'm, I'm bored with it. Mm-hmm. You know, David will tell you. I I tire of things really quickly. So Things go in phases. It's yeah. cyclical. Like
2: a dog with a new toy.
0: <laughs> cyclical. Who who likes to use that word? That's one of my I retired I retired cyclical for Well, oh, no, it can't be retired. I, I put it away for a little bit. But you, it'll come around. <laughs> <laughs> you sound kind of tired, Chris. I got a little I got a little throat going on right
2: now. Um so it- back back from back from Seattle and um basically like three days straight of talking about comics and drinking and yelling and having just, you know, fun comic kind of book convention time. So yeah, I, this one wiped me out, man. Plus um going from uh, uh West Coast back to uh back to Chicago just kinda wiped me out. So uh yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hang in there for this one and uh try and get one more good night's sleep and uh and see if i can bounce back because i gotta i gotta do this again on friday so that's uh that's true. Take a little hiatus away from stuff and now it seems like i'm i'm talking comics like like five days a week now It's it's pretty awesome
0: now you did say you ran into a bunch of people and we're probably going to hear a nice chunk of that on around comics coming up right
2: oh yeah absolutely absolutely um, we got uh, we got interviews left and right on stuff, and uh, just 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 a great weekend, great convention, and uh, um, you know, Sal and, and Tom and I have been talking about it off and on all week. That it really one of the best convention experiences that we've ever had.
1: Really, really, that's strong. So, Chris, what I mean, compare it to some of the other cons we might be familiar with. I mean, is it how is it in terms um, of size? Uh, oh gosh,
2: um, I would say it's probably like a quarter of the size of New York, Mm -hmm. maybe even smaller than that, Um, but that's actually kind of what that was the charm of it in a lot of ways, is that New York was amazing in its size, but the Seattle show it was it was very intimate. There was still an amazing guest list. And so if you wanted to see a creator or talk to a creator, you could. It's uh it's like at the New York show. You know, I don't know if Ed Brubaker would have been able to be at a table all the time and and, and be able to spend time with people, but at the Seattle show, everyone's very accessible. Uh, I mean it's I, I gotta talk to Jamie Bamber, uh, who plays Apollo on uh, Battlestar Galactica, I pretty much walked up to his autograph area and it was just like one other person there and just talked with him. So yeah, it was the size of it and, and just how intimate the show was. Um, not not that there wasn't a lot of people there, there was, but um, it wasn't the crush that you feel at some other shows. And I think uh, as much as I like the Chicago show, it had a little bit more personality than, than the wizard shows have.
1: Sounds great. Did did you get any, uh, do you, are you a guy that gets sketches or anything like that, or is that not kind of your thing?
2: You know, I love getting sketches, but um, with, with doing the podcast, it never seems like I have time to do it. I, I am, um, and Sal pokes fun at me, I'm a horrible autograph hound to the point that I will haul hardcovers back <laughs> and forth across the country. <laughs> yeah, David knows all about that. Uh-huh. <laughs> So yeah, I got I got several several hardcovers. Uh actually my uh, my favorite one now, I got the uh, the Walking Dead Deluxe hardcover is now signed by um uh Charlie Adler, Tony Moore and and I got Robert Kirkman to sign it this last week. So I have everyone but uh but uh what is it? Cliff Ra- Raceburn who who does the the grayscales in it. And uh, mm-hmm. once I get him, I'll have the entire creative team.
0: So he- You know, speaking of Walking Dead, son of a bitch, I'm at the local comic shop today, and our guy sets out two big, bigger than folding tables, like... um you know party tables they're huge and lines up all the books stacks them up on there and i'm he usually does it by company he'll put the marvels and in the middle he'll put the indies and then at the end he'll put the dc books so i'm getting my dc stuff and i'm looking and i see the and i see the cover of walking dead 49 and i i knew i shouldn't have looked at it as soon as i saw the title walking dead but damn it i i can tell by the cover what friggin happened in 49 I, don't I say just, anything I'm not I, I, I'm not because I haven't read it myself but judging by this cover I can uh, it, it, it spilled all the beans for me I know what happened mm. yep I, I, and and I was like <laughs> oh why did I look you know and, and next to Walking Dead was I don't know say Red Sonja so I'm gonna look at boobies and then my <laughs> eye just regular you know it's, it's just the way I am it just trailed over and I saw the cover and I said oh shit you know there we go it's ruined but it's my fault for not buying the singles and waiting to get it in trade
2: 48 is certainly worth reading yeah. if you've seen the cover to to 49 it's still worth reading
0: oh i'm sure it is it's it's one of those books that i never miss but unfortunately a little bit of the impact well a nice sizable amount of the impact is going to be lessened now because i have an inkling a strong inkling of what happens so that that was just you know my day not it wasn't a good day today but anyway let's let's move on um, so we did mention Sal and, uh, we should bring up the fact that we will be moving the Around Comics, we will, we, we'll be moving from the Around Comics forum back to the Bullpen Bulletin's podcast forum site.
3: See, I figured the uh, boobies was going to be the segue into the forum. <laughs> right, well,
0: I'm not that, I don't have any, many chops, you know, uh, be, for the, for the simple reason of... Anyone who's been to our forums in the past knows they get out of control. It's just this big chaotic mess of comic talk, booby talk, political talk, um movies. It's just all this stuff just thrown in there. Everybody goes off on tangents all the time. And I love him like a brother, but I wouldn't want Sal to have to keep an eye on us because... Let's be honest, the guys work damn hard to get the Iran comics Forum a certain direction. And here we come, you know, leaving little turds in his Cheerios where I'm I'm sure he allows things like that. But why should we have to, you know, push him? I don't want to test my uh, anything with Sal. So we're just going to. I appreciate the fact that he let us be there. I was honored to be there. I mean, Jesus, they're around sure, comics yeah. for him, but we we should really respect him as a buddy and not have to put him through that. Yeah, so, uh,
2: you know, it was great. It was great to, to have you guys there and, and get started up. And, and I'm still going to be on the show, but uh, you know, it's uh,
0: kind of keep the, the bullpen bulletins flame alive. Right. It's basically the same show without all the Marvel yeah. talk. I mean, yeah. you know, but as much Marvel talk. Well, there you go. yeah, that's true. Okay, oh. and and today Equinox posted this huge image of this beautiful blonde woman with mm-hmm. these huge. Well, so we don't
3: know if she's really blonde because she's wearing shorts.
0: <laughs> no, she, she. Well, yeah, I, I I didn't make it that far, but so I mean that's the kind of thing you can expect on our forums. In fact, there's you, you, there's things that you can expect because it just goes off in all different directions and and it gets you know, it gets uh, off the beaten track. So we're just going to shove on over to the side and give Sal a big old hug and and a thank you. And uh, he's better off, believe me. (laughs) So, so that's it. So if you want to come to our forums, it's the same forum as the old forum, bullpenbulletinspodcast.com. Come on over, register. If you haven't already, if you were a member of our forum in the past, David has nothing better to do. He'll look up your old, (laughs) year old post count and he'll reinstate that so it's just going to be like <sighs> yeah, it will just going to be like you never left give david more work what the hell it, it, it's looking pretty sharp it's, david only, fired. it's only been up for a couple of days and already there's a, a nice chunk of people there pat loik is there and that's reason enough for you to come yeah uh, paper cuts there uh, there's someone here who hasn't registered yet um uh, I'm not saying who, but, you know, it's a fun place. So everyone's welcome. Come on and over, male, female. Just join up, and we're going to have a hell of a time.
1: Hey, and David, let me just thank you uh, for reinstating my whopping 23 uh, post. Not a problem, project. dude. Oh, that, was, that was an easy one.
3: Well, I prob- uh, I'm probably just going to post it as you just to bump that out without going into the database.
0: <laughs> we yeah, came no. in towards the end of the yeah, the, the life of the forum? And back when he and I weren't exactly... Simpactico? I mean, we were, but
1: yeah, we just well, I uh, came in because I thought you were out of your mind relative to uh, the price of comic books going up to what three ninety nine or three fifty, whatever you thought. Yeah,
0: I think it was three fifty. Yeah. yeah, and
1: you, but, screwed,
3: you I, I, I would get a PM from Vince going, "What's up with this numbers guy?"
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, actually, you know, now that we're uh, what we're about a year a year later, and you're looking like you were you were right just a year early.
0: I mean, but I think I, we're heading in that direction. I'm I'm before my time. Come on. Yeah, you're a man yeah. for your time, and and you're pretty savvy with the numbers. Actually, I, I don't want to say sc- savvy; I should say scary. You're, f- you, you you were flinging out this and that and all these. You know, this is how it works. I'm like, holy shit! It's kind the of-
1: uh, it's the downside of, of being a robber baron, as you like to say.
0: Capitalist pig. <laughs> there That's you right. go. <laughs> but a, a pig with a heart, anyway. There you go. So, hey, what's everybody reading? Comics. Oh, really? What have you read? Uh, actually, I just
3: finished the uh, the backup. To uh, Jeff Parker wrote a few pages as a backup tale, featuring X Men First Class in honor of Chris, um, with <laughs> awesome art by uh, Nick Dragotta and Mike Albrand. I love this team. This art team is fantastic. But it was a. Uh, it actually this is. Uh, this really kind of reinforces Chris's whole point of view about X-Men First Class from our discussion last week. You, They they go to a coffee house. They're all wearing clothes that you'd find from the 50s or the 60s. The, the lingo is dated, but yet Professor X calls Warren on a cell phone. So it's just like, here's all this old school stuff. And now, bam, now here's Here's here, here's a cell phone, and then the last panel shows a uh, so, shows a jewel case with a CD in it. So, but it was it, it's a really really cool story. It's it's in the first issue of uh, Gen X, the uh, the mini series that came out today. Yeah. And uh, I read it f- for the backup tale. I'm going to read Gen X when uh, when we're done with the show. One one book that I really enjoyed from Marvel because that's pretty much what I mainly read this past week, except for, um, no, that pretty much was what I mainly read this week. The, uh, the amazing immortal man and other bloody tales is a Wolverine one shot that got absolutely no promotion, no hype whatsoever. And I don't understand why
1: it's, uh, isn't, it, isn't it Dave, isn't it a Dave Lapham? Book?
3: It's he, he wrote the three stories that are in it and mm-hmm. he penciled the second story with inks by Stefano Guadagno, which looked gorgeous. <laughs> uh, and it's just, it's, it's not like a Wolverine. None of the stories are like a Wolverine story you'd see anywhere else. They, it it kind of Wolverine's not even really the focus so much. The stories are about Wolverine, but they're told by people that either have just brushed up against him and how their lives were affected more or less after that. And, and one goes back to probably the Depression era, where uh, where the story is Logan was uh, was a carney. And, and uh, was used as a free show attraction. The second one is is more present day, which deals with a with a bus driver who had uh, some some street toughs. Copyright Tom Caters was uh, he were, were on were, were threatening the passengers on the bus. The bus driver wanted to do something, but one of them one of the toughs got in his face, so he backed down. But Wolverine took the dude out, took out all three guys, and that made the and the bus driver actually got injured. in in the scuffle when, when one of the toughs got back in his face and he turned his whole life around, kind of wanted to be like this vigilante that was on the bus that just happened to be in the right place at the right time. And the third story really isn't, uh, isn't a tale for kitties. It's a little bit more graphic. It's, it's not so gory, but it's just, it's, it kind of, some of the panels make you kind of, maybe a little not for the squeamish but that's and and it kind of goes full full circle where again it uh it wraps up with some uh some carny folk but i read a few things this week i think the the wolverine one shot was the one thing that really made an impression on me this week
0: lapel's hot he's on a roll I'm digging his stuff, man. I I, don't know about I, that. I
3: No well, <laughs> hey and I actually then, I'm surprised the whole thing about what well, we briefly talked about Young Lies last week. Uh one of the characters and it is uh modeled after uh, one of your favorite gifts with uh with, with, with the pinhead. Really? Yeah, the uh the crazy Sam Walton character, uh his his wife.
0: In this Wolverine thing or in in No, young no, liars? in Young Liars. Really? What am I missing here? The the, the the
3: chick that uh that Danny's in love with, her father owns is, is is Browning who owns all the uh all the Mega Marts or all the Yeah, Sadie. The, right. Sadie's father is is uh is what what the hell? Um Lloyd T. Browning is is her father's name, and he's he's this nut job who's yeah. old, looks, looks like he's older than Derek, but um, Velda is the woman he's talking to in, in the first issue, and she looks just like that giggling, smirking pinhead animated gift that <laughs> oh, you you'll yeah. sometimes post on the forum.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I read the second issue of Young Liars and I haven't read and, that yet. Okay. I won't get into it, but I love the way he begins the the story on the with the cover is the first panel of the issue. That's awesome. I think that's just a nice little nice little touch.
1: I <laughs> wiped my know. ass with the uh second
0: issue of Young Liars. You're wiping your ass with it. Yep. <laughs> oh, i i i thoroughly I, let's not get into specifics but because david hasn't read it but i thoroughly enjoyed this issue i thought it was really well done
1: yeah i mean it, i just think i'm not the i'm it, i'm just not the guy for this book i mean i just uh you know i mentioned to you earlier I, I just thought that these guys every character was such a cliche of like a bad like a bad slow night at studio 54 back in 1972 i it's like i just i don't know i, I thought that I, I couldn't root for any of these characters and, and at the end of that first issue I, I honestly thought the world would be better off if they all off themselves.
0: Well, I, I just I uh I don't think rooting for the characters is the point. Have you ever read any of Stray Bullets? Uh a little bit. E- even the most um what do I want to say? The most likable characters are a bit reprehensible in a in a way. The, mm-hmm. His cast is our casts are always large, but, and, and they're, you usually get one person from every kind of slice of life in there. And, and let's face it, they're, they're despicable. A lot of them are, as this young liars issue, uh, attests, there's really no one likable in here, but you kind of feel for the, for Danny a little bit. I mean, the kids definitely yeah. got problems. In, in, in this issue, uh, it, it won't, spoil anything for david but he slips in and out of these these waking dreams of of killing himself hence the name of the of the uh the story suicide dreams and i think it's the name of the band too yes so it's like the, the kid's definitely not all there and he he just latches on to this girl who he doesn't know yet he loves her it's just the yeah i I, mean, I feel for the guy and i'm sure lapham will kind of flesh it out more as the series goes on maybe you should stick with it,
1: it, it it's i just think he the you're right me maybe maybe i'm not giving it a fair shake but i just feel like the kid is just such a cliche of you know every every fanboy Stereotype. I mean, he's this, you know, kid that comes to the city with no money, no friends, and then he falls in love with this hot, crazy chick that he knows should, you know, he should stay far away from, but he just, just in the, in the off chance that she might possibly pay attention to him, he's willing to basically, you know, throw his life away. And it just, it just seems so, he's also got to so take
3: so. He's also taking care of her because she could, or for the most part, from what I gathered from the first issue when the doctor was talking to him, her Her time on on this earth, her remaining time is limited, right. so he's trying to spend as much time with her as he can, and he 's trying to take care of her because she's she's like the epitome of bipolar she 's just she can be as sweet as can be the one one second and the next one she's jumping on tables, punching people in the face
0: he's a fool, but he's a noble fool
3: right that 's what i'm yeah. thinking
1: yeah
0: and and it kind of uh there there's a little bit more backstory in terms of why she screw- so screwed up in this issue and it it's pretty uh, again reprehensible what it, it has been going on with this girl. So it's mm-hmm. kind of you get you, you know, it, there's a lot of layers to this I think and I, I think it's going to play out like in, in Stray Bullets. It's a long epic story. I mean it's been going on for 38 40 issues yeah. and the characters as they began in in the in the initial stages of it by the time you get you work your way through the series they've changed a lot of them for the better a lot of them for the worse and a lot of them are dead but you know it's 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 an organic thing i i don't think he he's played he's uh scripted his things to the letter where they don't allow you know new ideas to change the direction of the book i think it's pretty pretty open the where he can go with this and i'm i'm going to stick around i i love the guy's stuff but you know, it, like you said, it just may not be for you, and that's not to, to say you're wrong or or the book is is uh, faulty in some way. You just may not dig it, and that's that's cool. Like the Avengers, I could not care less, but that doesn't mean it's it's uh, not a good comic. I just you know not into it. How's that? Is that pretty diplomatic of me?
1: Very diplomatic. You're <laughs> on your best behavior tonight.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm gonna ease you in. You know. No, no I, I, I did,
2: was. Uh... The same way with silverfish um weapons original graphic novel um i I was kind of cool on it, and you know a lot of people that absolutely loved it i thought it was I thought it was okay. I thought it was a little movie of the week um for yeah. my taste, but uh, there's other stuff that he's done that is, is brilliant, so you know what can't can't hit it out of the park every time for for everybody's taste right
0: right and and anything vertigo's a risk these days when when you got a creator literally begging for support on the publication of the second issue yeah, sure. you know it's a tough game you know? well
1: you know it's funny you bring that up because obviously vertigo is not what it used to be but i i keep thinking we're kind of on that precipice of you know maybe they'll finally turn it back around i mean i obviously i, I loved exterminators i thought that was great so i'm bummed to see that go and and I have pretty high hopes for Madame Zenadu. I mean, that looks pretty cool, and um, what is it, uh, House of Mystery? Looks pretty cool. So, oh yeah, House of Mystery looks you know. awesome. <laughs> yeah, I haven't read it yet, but but I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, but yeah, Vertigo ain't what it used to be. That's for sure.
0: Right. Well, there have been reports that they're going to skew the publishing um, strategy towards original graphic novels. Not mm-hmm. maybe not completely, but um, more than they are now, which mm-hmm. I think is a good move.
2: I, th- I think Vertigo is every bit as strong as it used to be creatively. I just think that it's it is it's at the, the forefront of where the industry is changing as it becomes more of a weight for the trade industry.
1: Right, that's probably Vertigo.
2: Fair. Yeah, Vertigo was always kind of the weight for the trade. They were the kind of the first weight for the trade arm of of DC, and um, and yeah, it's it's hurt. It, it did it hurt books like like the exterminators and what is, is crossing midnight. You know, I, I don't even know where it is at, at this point, but I, I know that they had fewer projects that they were greenlighting for a while, but it sounds like they're back to, to given projects, the, the go ahead. You're starting to see more things announced that are going to be vertigo imprints and, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, it's pretty much anything that comes out of a vertigo is worth taking a look at.
0: Yeah. Like, like well, Testament. A brilliant take on religion by uh, Rushkoff, but just couldn't find an audience.
1: Yeah, it's true. I have a question. Maybe you guys know the answer because um, you know I've been loving Scalped, you know, and I'm sure I'm not alone in that. But uh, I mean, let's be honest, the sales of the uh, of the monthly have been pretty pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. So I'm just wondering if I mean, there's been a lot of talk that because Jason Aaron is now you know Marvel exclusive, that DC's got no incentive to you know keep Scalped around. Um, I, I guess my question though is, since he created Scalped, but it's a Vertigo book, does that mean if if they cancel it, he oh. can he take Scalped elsewhere, or is it just dead? Um, no, I don't. I, I don't know. Vertigo. I,
2: I actually I talked to Jason about that in New York a little bit, and okay. um, part of the I don't want to get ins and outs of um, and misquote him, but as far as I understand it. He's exclusive with Marvel, except he is free to continue doing Scalped as long as he wants to. Now, is that his property? And how much of it does Vertigo own? I don't know the ins and outs of that, but that's, that's pretty much his book. And he, he's going to be writing it as long as Vertigo publishes it. And yeah. he told me that Vertigo has no plans to, to cancel Scalped, that it's, a, it's, it's in healthy shape.
1: By, by I I hope that's true because mm-hmm. I mean the sales have been pretty bad I mean I you know I it's it's kind of tough it does really kind of well trades that's yeah. good so. you know I I uh, you know I'm, I I'm probably as guilty as anybody else in, in tending to buy the trades of particularly of Vertigo books and stuff I'm definitely in that habit but I'm really trying to get out of that because you know at New York I spent a little time talking to Rick Remender and mm-hmm. um just happened to mention to him that I'm, you know, buying in league in, in the floppies, and it just, you know, he started talking about just how massively important it is for all of us to, you know, support the monthlies, and, and that, uh, you know, I mentioned to him, I said, well, you know, you go on a lot of podcasts, why don't you? You know you, you seem so passionate about this, why don't you and other creators really you know be honest about this because you guys kind of dance around that issue when you're asked about it in public you you know you say, well, you know it's so, just and he's like, yeah, you know you're probably right, so it's just I think a lot of creators really need to get that message out there because there's plenty i mean look we're you know we're comic fans we'll we'll do what we can pretty much we we can get pretty crazy when it comes to supporting the the things that we love i mean I just think if more people knew that buying the monthlies actually made a difference. Uh, you know, we'd we start doing that a bit more. I mean, the trend is probably still—it's probably too far gone to change. But at least, you know, I buy so many monthlies as it I'm—I I transferred a lot of my indie books back over to monthly. You know, in the last few months. So, um, it's, and it's I think tough. more people should do that. Good man. It, well, it—I'm—I'm it, I'm on the fence
2: on it. I—I um, uh-huh. I believe I believe in monthly comics. I believe in supporting, especially. Creator-owned and, and indie books when when you can at the at the single level, but I also know that that the industry is changing and and the the single monthly comic. I don't know if it's going to be extinct in ten years, but I can see I can see a day in the not too distant future where you have Uncanny X Men, Amazing Spider Man, Batman, Superman, and the JLA, and those are the the single issue comics and everything else is more in a prestige or a, or a trade paperback format.
0: That'd be, that'd be a good thing.
2: And it's getting closer to that. And, you know, the unfortunate thing is that, is that I think it's easier to release a single issue of a comic book than it is to have like a, a traded, um, you know, a, a traded collection. It's just, you know, money wise that it's a little bit more prohibitive.
4: Hello, 11 o'clock comics. This is Mario. Just wanted to call and say it's good to have Vince B. and the crew back. Uh, I was missing me some open bulletins, but uh, we got the same vibe. It feels like I'll um, be without the, uh, the awesome 15-minute intros that I was apparently one of the few people that loved. But anyway, I'm um, uh, loving the show already. Um, looking forward for when good when uh old Wood gets on there, even though his taste in art is a little different from mine. Um, Mike Alred rules Wood. And um that's it. So uh David, uh, Chris, Vince, Wood, good luck. Look forward to hearing every episode.
0: Bye. You know, speaking of reminder did you happen to read the last part of Triple X Zombies? Yeah. Oh, my God. It, it just goes to show you that indie comics get very little to almost zero press. Because if anybody <laughs> in any kind of position of authority in either the church ever got a look at that issue, it would be all over the freaking news. Just, just, Just when I thought that he couldn't top the the uh, maternity ward scene from the issue number 3 oh, the, I was reading it thinking you are a sick bastard but I love you I, I because it was just I would have written that comic if I had you know the, the chops that, that he did it was disgusting and vile and it was just a hell of a lot of fun to read
2: I walked up to him in Seattle and I was just like, Rick, you did it again, you sick bastard. You, I didn't think that you, I said pretty much what you just did. I didn't think that you could push it any farther. You know what he said? <laughs> what, what did he say? He just looked at me and, with this big, shitty grin on his face and said, That's good nunsuck, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, why
0: in the hell am I not reading that book? Oh, good God. I'll tell you, it is a crime that Kieran Dwyer is not a household name, at least as far as comic book guys go, because he is just a bastard with a pencil. Yeah. But uh, just amazingly talented guy. Why? He's, I mean, I, I know he's had stints on Avengers and, and, and mm-hmm. Captain America, but he should be in the limelight. This guy is just really, really talented.
2: Didn't he work on, uh, on The Thing? Dan Slot. didn't wasn't Dwyer doing
0: pencils on that for a while? Really, I didn't read it. I I don't know. David, you're the Marvel dude. Unfortunately, I was not reading thing at the time.
3: Uh, I thought had that a, was Devito mostly. Yeah, Andre yeah, DeVito.
1: Devito exactly.
3: Yeah, there and, you go. But I don't know if if he did all whatever, ten, twelve, eight, however many issues. I don't know if he did them all. Uh, I mean, I know Dwyer had the legal troubles for a while. He did. Uh, yeah, he
1: was uh, he was sued just, by Starbucks. Yep. Uh, oh, really? Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. for that logo issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did know that. Um, actually, just looked it up. Yeah, he did uh, issues six, seven, and eight of the thing. Okay. Um, so yeah, it just little props to db dot com. There you go. Well, did you uh, Vince uh, and
2: anybody else that read Triple X Zombies? Did you see the next Crawl Space story? Yep. It's, and then it doesn't that look awesome?
0: Army of Frankenstein. It's just it's so perfect. And and the era that they set it in, I'm assuming it's World War One. That that's just awesome.
1: You know, I have to pick that up. I I definitely um I I guess when that first issue came in I, I didn't know a lot about Remender and then I kinda had this Remender explosion, I think probably a month or two later and I just you know, bought all the old, you know, all the Fear Agent issues, and then uh, started reading End League, and now I'm like a huge fan. So I, I mean, it's so Triple X Zombies is a good time. It's you guys, it's, I guess, obviously yeah. recommend well, it.
2: Well, and, and actually, just to clarify with everyone, the actual name of the comic is called Crawl Space. Crawl Space. Oh, right. and Triple X Zombies was the first story arc. Now, mm-hmm. what'll happen is that they'll keep the Crawl Space. I think it's like a side banner, all on the side of it. But the next one is is Army of Frankenstein.
0: Right. Okay. Right. Right. Here's a little incentive for you, Wood. In sure. one I- in one issue, mm-hmm. nudity. Nice. Intercourse, female female nudity, right? Uh, yeah, nudity, intercourse, menage a trois. mm mm-hmm. um, Mob boss based sodomy. <laughs> nice. Decapitation, murders. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you the surprise because that yeah. may ruin it for you. But let's just say it's sacrilegious, and a little bit on the right side of profane. Sweet. You know, murder, um, flying sperm. Uh, it's just, it's the perfect issue. It, it, See, it's Vin- amazing. So, See,
1: Vince, uh, that's the irony. I think you you like some of the uh, more avant-garde comics, which I don't seem to care for, but you and I have some pretty, we're, we're, we're very simpatico when it comes to um, our views on certain institutions. Oh, yes, I think, that's so. very,
0: yeah. And, and, and it, it was brilliant because... It showed me in times of crisis, even the most devout people turn into base animals. Cool. And, yeah, I'm and, gonna have and, to pick that up. And that's is it, that's is it tra- my theory is it, right there. Is
1: it going to be traded, or is it? I mean, how many issues is it?
0: It's only four issues, and and with Images' track record, I would almost guarantee that it's going to be traded. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it, this is not a book to wait for the trade on. Okay. No, okay. It, you just have to. And the covers are brilliant. The 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 first. Uh, I don't know, I I don't want to say what order they're in, but there's a takeoff on the Jaws movie poster, Debbie Does Dallas, Mm -hmm. uh, The Godfather, and I know I'm missing one because it was four issues.
2: They're all Tony Moore covers.
0: Yeah, and they're all Tony Moore covers. And he and he has something to do with the book too. I think he co-plots or co-writes or something. I was just going
1: to say I'm looking at the credits. So Tony Moore's actually the co-writer. That's pretty cool. Right. Okay. Right.
0: And it, it's disgusting, but it's 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 kind of like the scene in um, the Monty Python movie uh, Meaning of Life with the fat mm-hmm. guy in the sure. in the restaurant. It, it's it just turns your stomach, but you can't help but enjoy it and just be drawn into it. It's just wonderful stuff. By I the way, Karen dwyer
1: has been around for a long time. Hell yeah. 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 He was he, I forgot. He penciled a bunch of the uh, Mark Grunwald's, uh Captain America issues.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. He Kieran's great. Uh, great. Listen, <laughs> I'm—I'm right. hey, I'm gonna weave that one he's in. He's a little boy. We love, we love you, Kieran. He's uh, super. Kieran, you're so wonderful. But uh, he did this one cover for uh, a book he did called LCD, Lowest Common Denominator, hmm. with with a uh, coop inspired kind of devil chick temptress, getting her ass tattooed by a devil. The cover is just beautiful. Oh, I'm looking at it's her right now. It's fantastic. Gorgeous cover, gorgeous. She's not wow. a devil chick. She's just like a, like one of the Suicide Girls, you know, just amazing cover. It's one of those ones that will just burn itself into your brain once you see it. You will never forget it. It's great. And it uh, has it, nothing to do with
3: his talent, but he's also, he used to be, uh, John Byrne used to be a stepfather.
0: Really? Oh, really? Yeah, no, I didn't know that. Really. No. How do you know these things? Huh. David, because he's, he's, he's not here for my looks. He's, he's, the, he's the man magical. of a podcast. He's, he's magical. He is. He
2: is. Yeah. He, did you guys ever read uh, Last of the Independence? Yep. That's Kieran Dwyer. and Matt Fraction. And, uh, uh-huh, Matt Fraction. Yep. It's a really, really fun uh, kind of like Western with, uh, with New Jersey gangsters in it.
0: Wasn't that option for a movie? Uh, if not, it should have been. Yeah, I think it was, or it is, or something, uh, unless I, I have my information wrong, which, you know, tends to happen. Hey,
2: speaking of Fraction, um, you guys read uh, uh, the first Invincible
1: Iron Man? Uh, not yet, no, but I'm... Yep. Uh, no, I, I, it was, it was it? how was it? I liked it. I mean, compare yeah, it to... I mm-hmm. Well, have you been enjoying, you know, Iron Man, Director of S.H.I.E.L.D. or no?
2: Yeah, um, I like. I like fraction's voice for uh for tony Stark um the Luroka artwork is still i don't know if it's if it's the right match for for fraction and, and for that book um i enjoyed the story I definitely was intrigued enough to uh uh to pick up the next one and it's hard to do that with me for Iron man sometimes mm-hmm. but uh i think I think fraction has um a good enough view of you know, like world politics that he will make it interesting on that stage so and uh, yeah he he does have he does have stark as kind of a bastard, which is kind of is kind of nice he's still you know the the womanizing aspect is still there, and uh which they're really gonna be picking up on after the movie, but
1: uh, yeah, sure. I liked it, yeah yeah, little, I'm looking forward to it i mean. As like you said, Chris, I'm I'm not sure about Larocca. I, I you know, Larocca has been oof. He's he's been iffy the last few years. At for me, I mean, I, I used to I used to think he was a much better artist. I let's just say I think he's gone a little too crazy with that that uh, quote unquote uh, reality, you know, realism, photojournalism, whatever you want to call it. I mean, I, it's just uh, well, I, can extreme. Only, extreme, I can only I can only look at Cameron Diaz. <laughs> Yeah, I can only look at Cameron Diaz dressed as different X-Men, you know, so many months in a row before.
0: Not a bad thing though.
3: The uh his his, his art he he seems to be a lot more freehand in this issue. There's only really one instance where one panel jumped out at me and one of the women looked like uh Olivia Adabo from uh, mm-hmm. the Wonder Years and Wolverine. Oh CI
1: mm-hmm.
3: so
0: mm-hmm.
3: but other than that it's it's not like what he was doing on the universal. It's not what he was doing on that sensational Spider-Man annual. It's, it's, it's a looser hand. It's not like he was drawing when he was first drawing heroes return fantastic Four, or uh-huh. was it extreme X-Men, but it's, it's not as bad as it has been over the years. I, I okay. like stain as spoil in this, uh, in this series. That's going to be real interesting. Actually, L Dave on the Marvel noise form referred to, uh, what stain has planned is like, uh, an open source type of deal with the armor. Uh, but it's, 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 it's a good strong start and it's, it seems to be doing what, uh, Whedon and Cassidy are doing in, uh, Astonishing establishing X-Men and just, just slightly outside of the continuity because, oh, okay. Dum Dums there, Rhodey is there, Pepper is there and you're just, you're obviously this is still, he's director of shield. So it's, after Civil War ended, but it doesn't look like this is really going to tie into Secret Invasion too much. This will just be mm-hmm. looks like maybe just fraction playing with Iron Man for a while. Good, good. The Speaking target.
1: of uh, of Marvel continuity, uh, I know Vince's eyes are going to gloss over because we're talking about Marvel. But what? Uh, have you guys read the latest issue of Muddy Avengers yet? Uh, I guess it's what uh, thirteen, thirteen. Yeah,
3: that was yeah the one with uh, where they go to search for the caterpillars.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm usually pretty lenient when it comes to things like continuity, but when you have a, a line-wide crossover like Secret Invasion, do you think that of all the people that Nick Fury could go and recruit for his Hell Commandos, he might not need to have a teenage girl that's supposed to be somewhere off in the future right now? Do, I mean, I, I, you know, last time I checked, isn't Layla Miller stuck in the future? No, that, I mean, that's,
3: I, no, no the, the, the beginning of the issue said six months ago.
1: And oh, after after
3: after Nick Fury spoke to Daisy and she went on her little she she played as, wait, as I was referring it. Wait, I thought that was Milla. <laughs> no, that's just Malise. Um when, uh, when when Daisy was doing Nick's work, basically playing Cyclops to Fury's Charles Mm-hmm. He, uh, she was going around shortly after they spoke six months ago.
1: So this is oh, okay. before my right. the eye
3: Complex. But no, it's still, it's still a good catch. It was a great one. That that one page was great in that whole issue. Oh,
1: but David, you have renewed my faith in, in, in the mighty Marvel way. Thank you. Not That's why I'm here. Now <laughs> someone needs to wake
3: Vince up so he can tell us something about the fantastic
1: DC. Vince, sorry. Right, before one last thing before we move off of Marvel, um, just because you were talking about fraction, it made me think of something. Um, you know, fractions leaving Iron Fist, and so is mm-hmm. David Aja, yeah. which makes me which makes me a very sad Woodrow. Um, no, but man. I do want to say though that uh, I know a lot of people are probably going to drop the book. You know, sudden scene, which is a shame because Dwayne Swierzynski deserves a shot. I really think yes, people need like to give. You know, he he's. I mean, he wrote that Moon Knight annual, which is pretty much the only. Readable issue of this Moon Knight series. He wrote that Punisher Force of Nature, which I thought was, you know, it was it was a one shot. I mean, it wasn't anything special, but it was it was it was fun and entertaining. And uh, you know, and I think his writing on cable has been, frankly, much better than the art so far. So,
3: hey, hey Woody, uh, I, agree. I agree. Hey Woody, so I think.
2: What's that? I got some. I got some bad news for you, buddy. What? That book is so
0: bad. <laughs> <laughs> I well, see. <laughs> Yeah, but what I, stays I dead in the Marvel universe? It, it still, hey, man, first, it,
3: it, see, it still has it still has Fraction and Brewbaker's stamp
1: of approval. So, first, I don't like, disagree with you, but I mean, I, I, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I'm presuming of the uh, however many tens of thousands of listeners we're going to have after this episode airs, <laughs> millions. Uh, you know, if 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 two percent of them hear my plea and give it a try, who knows? Maybe we can keep it alive for at least another I'm couple in, of issues, so I can have a third trade. I'll read it,
2: but taking Brubaker and Fraction off that book and Aja all at the
1: same time. That is a death
2: nail for that book.
1: I agree. So, so yeah. m- uh, Mr. Neisman, what uh, tell, tell me something pleasant about where David Aja is going to appear next because I'm dying to know that he's going to work some work and work there soon. You know, he's too good not, not to be around.
2: Have they not announced anything for him? Not that you I know, know of. You know, I mean, you know what I'd like to see him go to? I think, he would, I think he would tear the shit out of
3: X-Factor.
1: Yeah, you know, you're right. That, and that be would bad. be a perfect book for him.
0: I would love to see him do a Mantis miniseries. The Celestial Madonna? Come on. But she's she's
2: My love, she buddy, right. you guys. You're, you're, you're unique.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got two things to say in the wake of what you guys just talked about. Number okay. one... If you're going to mention Olivia Diabo, you've got to mention Conan the Destroyer. Okay? David. David, okay. That one scene with her on top of the horse where she's got that, that smock on yeah, and she's, okay, she's yeah. hanging well, out the side. Let me, oh, let,
3: let, let me mention a movie that I've seen maybe once and don't ever want to think about
0: again. Which is Conan the Destroyer? Yeah. Oh, I wasn't that bad. Dude, that, Grace, that Grace funny Jones? guy with the mascot. Yeah, Grace Jones with the little boobies and the, the, the ass hanging felt out, like that a twelve year old boy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's great. That's awesome. No, and Will, Will Chamberlain. Be- yes. <sighs> that guy. thing on the end where they ripped the horn phallus thing off the the monster it was just great.
1: Did you did you guys realize that Olivia Diabo is a uh, a very common uh, voice actress yes, for uh, yes. for yeah. cartoons? Yeah. Yep. She's, yeah. She's a Black Widow in the uh, Ultimate Avengers movie. I know
0: and she's hot, super hot. But anyway, number 2, I know Iron Man's hot right now with the movie and blah 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 and all the the hype and everything. Do you think the industry can support two Iron Man books? Is, no. I mean, I mean long haul. Once once the 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 the, the fame and the the buzz around the movie uh, fades a little bit, do you think we can span the distance between iron man one and two are these books going to survive let's be no, honest Vince, i
1: mean the industry hasn't been able to support one iron man book for most of yeah. its existence True. so i mean no of course not i mean look for a while it'll work but i i get the feeling and maybe i'm wrong but obviously fraction is you know he's gotten that he's been knighted by by cassada he's one of the chosen ones now um, yeah, and right, i think deservedly so yeah deservedly so but my point is, is so he's taking over this invincible and and you know i would just imagine that you know sooner rather than later the uh you know, the Man of Shield, world. Director of Shield, will just you know go by the wayside. I mean, mm. and then we'll have the one, the one Fraction led book, but we'll see. I mean, yeah, I'm enjoying but, uh, Director of Shield. I mean, I think it's it's. Not, I wouldn't say it's the top of my stack, but but it's I, I've enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, and I give you I know mean, honestly in today's comics landscape, I give Fraction twelve issues, and then and then he'll be on something else. He'll you know. Taken over X, you know X Men for Brew Baker or something like that. It's just the, you don't see that many sustained runs on stuff anymore. I mean, That's like-
1: actually why I love Bendis. Why, why I think I, I give him credit. I, I love that he stays and, and does titles for a long time. I miss that. I miss cool. the days when, when you know, I missed the days when I would read Avengers and it'd be the same writer. You know, Engelhart wrote it for how many years? You know, mm-hmm. or you know, mm-hmm. Byrne. I mean, how many years did he? You know, how, how many years did Simonson do Thor? I mean, I miss those days. Absolutely. Yeah. That's why. That's why I
0: read image books, man. That's right. And yes, and if writing Iron Man and whatever Marvel throws at him enables him to keep doing the Casanovas, I hope Marvel keeps throwing stuff at him because I would sacrifice it all for Casanova.
2: Oh, they will. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They. The Matt Matt is an awesome writer, and he loves comics, and I think he's having a. A really fun time doing what he's doing, so you know. And, and his books sell now; he's starting to become a name. And I think Marvel is gonna is gonna keep him keep him very. <laughs> There's funny. that duck.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you, you just stepped on the duck again while you were talking.
2: Did I duck? You want me to
1: repeat that?
0: No, 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 no that's, okay. that's fine. It it it's fun. It's fun.
1: Well, you know what's nice about Fraction? He's not socially awkward. Too many of the uh, the new up and coming hot writers are pretty awkward to talk yeah. to. They just seem very uncomfortable to even, you know, give interviews or, or really talk about their products. So it's nice that Fraction It's just it's like a pretty relaxed guy, you
0: know, just a regular guy, which is nice to see. Confidence. hmm Contagious. Well, uh I read something. Oh you, Are you sure? did? Yes I did. Which blade? I uh, no no not I did get the new one, but I did not read it yet. Which blade's always good. Which blade there we go. That we fulfilled the obligation for <laughs> I I'm a huge Morrison fan, as everybody knows, who knows me. And I dropped the Batman book after Batman and Son. Uh, I don't know why. I just wasn't in the mood to read Batman. It was a very good story. And the art was Kubert. Uh, Andy, was it? Or Adam? Which one? I can I never tell. Yeah, the good Q-Bert. And um, No, no, no. The sure.
1: good Kubert good is, is Joe Kubert.
0: Oh, well... That's yeah, the best. Of, of course, by Tor, because it's great. Not by Tor and the Snow Dog, by the comic name Tor, because the first issue was great. But anyway, so uh, I wanted I wanted to buy into Batman, RIP, just for the sake of um, supporting my man Morrison and knowing where this is going to go for Batman, because obviously it's. I mean, it's going to be, from what they say, it's it's a major chapter in the life of Mister Wayne. So I bought the first issue of Batman R.I.P., which was 676, and the LCS dude told me that I had to read 675 before going in because some things in, in, in uh, 676 wouldn't make all that much sense, but I think he was just trying to sell me another book because there's really <laughs> nothing in 675 that would have to be explained to me uh, in more than one sentence with 676. So uh, starting off, I read 675, like a good little comic book boy. I started at the beginning. And, you know, aside from the art, which was uh, done by Ryan Benjamin and inked by Salim Crawford, I didn't care for Mr. Benjamin's art. I'm not saying it was bad, but uh, it's not my cuppa, so to Mm -hmm. speak. Uh, It's very (laughs) image, very imagey.
1: Well, let me I'm say sure. this. I, I have never, I've been reading comics for close to 30 years, and I have never read a Batman floppy. Really? Mm-hmm. Or a Superman floppy.
0: Well, see, that's, that's the thing. That was, that's what made it so hard for me to leave the Bat books because I've been buying Batman for literally mm, 35 years. And and I'm not uh, just talking old. I am. I'm just not talking Batman <laughs> and, and Detective. I'm talking Robin and Nightwing and every one of the miniseries and There for a While, Catwoman. I mean, I bought all the bat stuff. And I did not want to jump into this min- miniseries mini series having to buy the whole line of bat books. But I'll get to it when I talk about six seventy six. Uh I assume something that unfortunately is not true. I thought R.I.P. was gonna be just in Batman. Silly me. (laughs) You know, I I just can't win. But anyway, 675, a good issue. Uh, Morrison titled the story The Fiend with Nine Eyes, and not long into the issue, you kind of understand what he's talking about. This terrorist with... uh, He has nine fingers, and he has tattoos of eyes on the tips of his fingers. He's blindfolded, and he breaks into... A quaint little dinner date between Bruce and someone called Jezebel Jet. I have no idea who this person was going into it, but uh, I'm I'm assuming that she's his current squeeze because they're talking romance and they're very serious. And I, blah, thought, blah, I thought I thought she was
3: introduced when Morrison and Hubert first. Took over Batman what, after what, an
0: Crisis. Well, if they did, I don't remember it. Okay. So I, I mean, she she just pops up, and you can tell that they're romantically involved and all that. And you know, she's like Bruce. I don't know you. Is she hot? You, 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 she's yeah. I can't. You know, she's very dark skinned. I can't tell if she's black or just uh, maybe uh, Indian or it, her nationality is kind of hard to pin. She looks a little like Vixen to me.
2: She's just <laughs> exotic.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, she's like, you always disappear. I don't know where you are. Blah, blah, blah. So they're having this quaint little dinner date. And this this terrorist barges in blindfolded. And he's, he's like, okay, you guys are mine. So he attempts to kidnap them. Big mistake for him because uh, one thing leads to another and Bruce takes him out. But in doing so, he, and this is where the spoiler comes in for this issue. So if you haven't read it, skip ahead a couple seconds he basically is forced to reveal that he's batman to her and as of the last page she's like oh i you know i i know now this makes so much sense bruce wayne is batman which leads into rip but this issue is really cool because morrison no slouch in the writing department has littered this thing with this masked blindfolded symbology i don't know what it means right now but i know it's going to pay off down the line the the terrorist who barges in has a blindfold on and there's this cool little interlude with Talia and Damien who was introduced in that Batman and son story. Uh, Talia's noticing that Bruce is uh, again uh, involved with a woman and I guess she's not too pleased about it, but while she's talking Damien is practicing archery and he's blindfolded later on in the issue, Nightwing and Robin are tooling around the city and, and Robin's questioning Bruce's mental state. Uh, I guess somewhere along the line, Bruce died and had to be dipped into a Lazarus pit, from what I can gather. Um, so he's like, you know, this would tax even the strongest mind. you think Bruce is okay? So while they're going through the city, they they meet this this villain called the Raygun Raider, or that's what Tim calls him. And he's his face is obscured and his eyes are obscured. So I don't know what Morrison's trying to say yet, but there's something going on with... Someone's vision or um, outlook being obscured or masked, or you know how Morrison is, he'll plant these seeds that don't pay off until five or six issues down the line. So, something's going on there, but. Through this whole issue, Bruce is constantly questioning whether this this terrorist is involved with the Black Glove. No idea who they are when I was reading this issue. But they do come into play in the first part of Batman R.I.P., which is 676, which is a far better issue than 675. Just, whoa, The this is going to be one hell of a freewheeling story because it, it starts... With questions, and it does not let up till the end. And the end introduces... I won't spoil the whole thing. The end introduces a familiar face to the Batman universe uh, who could, by the looks of him in this comic, be played by Marilyn Manson. Hmm. He's looking very Mansonish in this. But anyway, hmm. this uh, the, th- we were introduced to the Black Glove. A weirder collection of... Villains I don't think you can find anywhere outside of the invisibles. They're they're I think they're led by this um man called Doctor Hurt. <laughs> that is not that's pretty priceless, but it's H U R T. And and you have a mime in his group, you have a masked luchador, uh there's a big Mr. Freeze looking guy in some kind of a containment suit. There's a woman who appears to be have been plucked from the pages of the authority. A medieval-looking knight-type dude. I mean, I have no idea who any of these people are. And they're sought out by this man who is called Libosu. I guess it's French, which translates into the hunchback. He's literally a hunchback. And they welcome into the him into the fold and tell him that, you know, we're going to begin the dance macabre, which is the dance of death. And I'm assuming that Bruce Wayne is going to be the target. But i guess that in the time that he died bruce underwent a transformation f- uh through meditation called the uh thogal ritual now i i'm pretty interested in buddhist practice so i've heard of it before but i didn't really know the extent of what this ritual is and i did a little bit a little bit of research and i'm going to read a little part of my research because this will benefit someone more than myself. It's uh, it's a ritual that's typically carried out in strict seclusion, a seven-week ritual, one of the most highly advanced and dangerous forms of practice in Tibetan Buddhism. It is held that through practicing the bardo retreat, one attains the rainbow body, which arises as the natural result of the identification of mind and body. So it's almost as if ...by the title, Batman R.I.P., that the person we knew as Batman has died. He's gone through this transformative thing where... uh, ...there's a very important part here that I'm leaving out. Uh, The retreat itself is carried out in complete darkness... ...and because it is considered dangerous, facilities for it were found only at a few places in Tibet. Only those considered sufficiently well-prepared, both physically and mentally... ...that's Bruce, are authorized to carry out this retreat the very real peril to the practitioner is one of psychosis, and that's important. A disassociating from ordinary reality. And and Robin constantly questions Bruce's mental state in this issue, too. So, Morrison's thrown it up in the air whether Bruce is okay in the head, and we don't really know. He's he's obsessed with this black glove organization. And they, I'm guessing they, they want to take him out for whatever reasons have yet to be revealed, but All in all, an awesome issue. It was really well done. It's got me uh, eager to see where it's going. And once again, Morrison drops this little symbolic nugget in it. In the beginning, we get this villain, a two-bit drugged-out villain with Tourette's syndrome. (laughs) He's called the Green Vulture, and he kidnapped a woman uh, and her husband and uh, this little boy. And they're sitting in the back seat. And one of the panels, you would swear that it's a young Bruce. So is the fact that a vulture, which typically preys upon the dead or dying, has kidnapped a symbolic, you know, Wayne family. Is that important? Probably. With Morrison, I would say it is. And there's a new Batmobile in it. It's really cool. How about that? But when I'm going through this issue, there's a full-page... Um, advertisement for Batman R.I.P.? Son of a bitch. This thing's going through everything. Batman, 676 to 681. Detective, 846 to 850. Sheesh. Nightwing, 147 to 150. Robin, 175 to 176. And Batman and the Outsiders, 11 to 13. Ain't no way in hell I'm buying on those books. It's not well, happening.
1: Well, since I'm not going to be reading this stuff, let me ask you guys if you... I don't know if... if, if Chris and david plan on reading this too but so so this is what's going to span what 20 some books or whatever and morrison's been talking it up they're hyping it so let me ask you as fans of of the book if at the end of the whole thing if if batman is still bruce wayne and he's not dead and he didn't die and it's basically just some spiritual journey where he dies or you know some bait and switch or something but after all is said and done batman is bruce wayne um Is it possible that you'll still, you know, will you be disappointed in that? Will it be fine as long as it was a really entertaining ride? Um, Does it it need to be something, quote-unquote, significant to really sort of be worth, you know, 20 Mm -hmm. issues? I mean, what's your perspective on that?
2: Do any of you guys ever expect an iconic character to really change at its core whenever you read? And so I'll, I'll, I'll answer your question with a, quen, with a question like that. I mean, does anybody really expect Batman to be altered forever at the end of this?
0: No, but I do expect groundbreaking, memorable work from Grant Morrison. Well, and, and for me, that's reason enough to read it. Mm-hmm. At, least, at least the Grant Morrison parts. If it's good stories, then, then I'm happy.
1: Well, Well, I mean, I don't know, Chris, because I mean, Mm -hmm. don't you? I mean, obviously, I'm more of a Marvel guy historically. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, let's take Brubaker, right? I mean, I mean, he's done one of the few things in Marvel canon that was accepted that writers couldn't do was ever bring back Bucky, and Brubaker did it, and he Mm -hmm. did it in such a way that not only did people accept it, they loved it. Then he goes off and actually, at least for the last year actually kills off the icon of, of Marvel, you know, at least from a patriotic standpoint. Mm-hmm. And, and then on top of that, he puts Bucky into the role, which we all saw coming, but he does it in such a way that everyone still thinks he's genius. So, I mean, yeah, I think, I mean, do I think Five years from now, Steve Rogers will be Captain America again? Sure, but that's what I'm saying. I mean, I'm not saying Bruce Wayne's never going to be Batman again, but I'm saying that, you know, I mean, since I'm not reading it, I could care less, but but if I were to read it, I'd frankly be happier, I think, at the end if Bruce Wayne was, you know, a new god, right? Or if he was, you know, for some reason not wearing the Batman for a year or two. It would just make me feel that it was, you know, more than just a... Hal Jordan
2: sure exactly it's i mean it was you know how long how long did Hal put down the green lantern mantle so you know but my point is that you know eventually those iconic characters come back around and um it, it can be it can be quite a while but you know i i i stopped expecting broad sweeping changes in in iconic comic characters a while ago so as long as the stories are fun and cool Um, I'm there you know it's like um, one of my favorite Batman big events was uh, No Man's Land and I I, it's still one of my favorite all-time Batman epic stories and everything kind of came back it was actually that whole story was about putting things back into place so um, you know I'm I'm, I'm cool with it as long as it's fun
0: and uh, another little symbolic nugget Morrison plants in this thing I forgot Uh, In 675, the restaurant where Bruce and Jezebel are eating, it's called the Alhambra Room. And you know Morrison, he's not going to just pull a name out of his ass for a significant location to start off a big multi-part story. I did a little bit of research, and supposedly the Alhambra was a fortress. And it was also uh, a refuge for artists and intellectuals. But the fortress was, in almost every instance, breached. That's very important. Morrison just wouldn't throw that in there. It's, it's, it's to me, he's saying that Bruce Wayne's little world is going to be invaded, and he's not going to be able to stop it.
1: Yeah, it's, so, it's actually it's, – the Alhambra is beautiful. If you have, have you been there? Yes, I have. It's gorgeous. No kidding.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I have indeed, yes. Look it's at gorgeous. You. Glo- you're a
0: globetrotter. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> it's I like to do a little traveling from time to time. There you go. It's a reflection of the culture of the last days of the Nazareth kingdom. It is a place where I said that. Uh, The Alhambra mixes natural elements with man-made ones and is a testament to the skill of Muslim craftsmen. Uh, The literal translation of Alhambra, Red Fortress. It derives from the color of the red clay which surroundings of the fort have been made. They were originally whitewashed. Nobody cares, but it's been breached many times. So that's where I'm going with that. See?
1: Yeah, well, the other thing about the Alhambra and uh, you can you, – since you've been doing the research, tell me if I'm wrong. But as I recall, I think what was really um, – I think fascinating about it to, um, to architects is that it's got a lot of uh, Christian and even some Judeo um, – uh, reliefs inside of the of the mosque, right? So, because it was actually it was occupied by Christians at a time too. Right. So, there's actually like very detailed depictions of lions in certain points and other animals, and that's typically um, a no no in in uh, in Muslim mosques. But right. uh, this is one of the few places actually in the entire world where you see those kind of depictions inside of a, a Muslim place. So, it's so it's pretty cool. Definitely uh, worth checking out if you're ever in in Spain.
0: There you go. Thank you, Grant Morrison.
1: There you go. Look at that. You sounds like uh,
3: sounds like Grant Morrison was channeling some Sam Hamm and uh, other writers from the first Batman movie in that story.
1: So, uh, safe to say, you guys are all big Grant Morrison fans. Is that fair to say? Or um, I, I enjoy I enjoy a lot of
2: his work. I, I'm not gonna. He's not my favorite writer, but mm-hmm. I, don't know about I enjoy a lot. Of lot. Of his. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so I, David, you're not you're not super, you're not a Morrison. I nut. I'm
3: I'm making my way through slowly mm-hmm. the. Uh, Morrison X Men on the Bus. I read oh. Marvel Boy, which I think is uh is really, really good. That's that's wacky. I enjoyed Marvel Boy a lot and I, I thank Pat Loika for uh for showing me that. That's uh and even J G Jones, I thought that I thought his artwork in those issues were better than the covers that I saw in fifty two. And it's they're just I I like I I like a lot of Morrison's ideas. I just I haven't read a lot of his work to say okay yeah you know what I'm I'm a Morrison fan. I'm I'm there with whatever he's doing. I'm I'm sold. He's he's mm-hmm. not at. Uh, there are other writers who I will sit up and take more notice to, but and at, and I don't I don't mean to to slight Morrison. I just I'm not so keyed in as everybody else is.
1: No, I'm actually, that's, that's the camp I'm in with you. I, I, for me, one of the first exposures I had to Morrison was actually the new X-Men run, and I hated it because, you know, <laughs> I grew up reading X-Men and that just wasn't my X-Men, so I right. thought who the hell is this Grant Morrison guy? He's ruining my book. Um, but then, you know, I, I've pretty much gone back and I think read just about everything he's done, at least all of the seminal stuff, and, and I found that I guess the way I always describe Morrison is when he's messing in a playground that I don't have you know? I don't really, really care about or feel like it's my own. Love it when he's messing with something that I hold as canon, and it you know, and I don't like to see it changed. It bothers the hell out of me. Sure. So, uh, I mean, I figure and, I'm gonna, yeah, I figure I'm gonna love like, Final Crisis, but because I could you know, really care less what he does to the DC
2: universe. You, but it, Doom Patrol, I'm reading Doom Patrol, you know, about a <laughs> trade a
1: month right now, and it is freaking awesome,
0: dopest shit ever.
1: And I love it's it. It's really good. Yeah, it's really I love good. It
0: is it Is it a coincidence that the best writers' comics have ever known were both magicians you got you got Morrison and Moore both professed magicians, really hmm. yes, interesting. Hmm? or something more. who knows?
4: Hey guys, backwards day for the forum here. just calling to let you know I picked up uh, young wires and uh, Read the first issue of that and, and about to read the second issue and really enjoying that. And uh, I also managed to find the first two issues of Lock and Key, which I'm pretty excited after you guys were talking about that last episode. I'm um, pretty excited to give that a read and uh, see how much I like that. I'll definitely uh, call back with a, with an update on how well that one goes. I uh, hope you guys are doing doing well and in, enjoying your conversation. I'm calling Probably as you as you're getting set to talk now, and uh, Vince, I get I hope you get to talk about the uh, the whole uh, DC's uh, getting all crazy with their politics and whatnot in there. I couldn't even remember what it was you were gonna you gonna talk about this week, but uh, I hope that goes well and have a good time, guys. <laughs>
1: The, are, you guys, uh, that, uh, are you guys ordering up that? Are you guys one of the things I was pretty geeked about in this uh, month's previews was that uh, they're putting out an ABC sampler. It's uh, the, the number one issues of five of the uh, America's best comics, and it's uh, it's four ninety nine for uh, five number one issues reprinted. But it's uh, mm-hmm. so DCB, is like two fifty, and you're getting five Alan Moore comics. So, uh-huh. um,
0: cool. Yeah, yeah it's, very, all, it's worth but it. But I, I would have ordered it. Yeah, it's great stuff. Yeah, I was so sad to see that line go. I tell you what, I, um,
2: I, I heard that was coming out, but Sal showed me something today at work. Um, do you guys, have you seen this new eerie, um, or no, it's the creepy archive that's
4: hmm
0: mm-hmm. Oh, my God, does that look awesome. Yeah, through Dark Horse. Yes. Yep, I, I I appreciate the fact that they're going the extra mile to put the stuff in to present the stuff. Sorry, in in a hardcover format that will uh, be resilient and stand the test of time. But at the end of the day, when I'm doing my comic book order, a fifty dollar hardcover is going to get cut first. And even though I have all those issues, I would have liked to have had the hardcover. But I I think a nice trade format, nice thick with nice paper, uh, real heavy you, uh, archival paper would have been preferable over this hardcover. For me, anyway. But that's just because I already own them, but someone who doesn't, by all means, you got to get this. It's some of the best comics ever. I don't
2: have them. I'm, oh, I'm all over it.
0: The, the price of the hardcover is probably worth it just to get the Jack Davis cover for the first issue. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, it's just gorgeous. Al Williamson's in there. Oh, uh, Al, Al, um, Alex Toth. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it's what only what probably at thirty-five bucks through DCB service or something. Yeah, uh,
0: actually, it was it was twenty-five. Oh, it's
1: fifty percent off, really?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I couldn't I couldn't swing it. I, mm-hmm. I had too many other things, and and for me to order something I already have at the expense of something I don't, yeah. I, I had to cut out, cut it off. But I will make an exception for the Erie sets mm-hmm. eerie was by far a better magazine than creepy uh, that's like saying you know carmen electra is uh, a better looking woman than somebody of equal beauty you know what i mean i'm just saying they're both fantastic landmark comics but mm-hmm. eerie was had had the recurring characters and it was just it for me it was it was the better book
1: So hey Vince, Vince, speaking of budget yeah, um, I don't know if you listen to you guys listen to uh, John Mayo and Bob Breatall do. You know they have the comic book page podcast, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, they you know they do that monthly. They do a previews thing, and you know, obviously those two guys at least they're probably two of the biggest comic book buyers. At least I know. I mean they spend crazy amounts. So at the end of this monthly previews call every month, they tell you they basically break down how much they're spending both before right. before discount and then after DC. So uh, so Breital, uh this week's episode he he's. He said his DCB uh, order uh, before discount this uh, month is $1,650. And after discount, it's $1,100. Wow. I was like, I, I would <laughs> love to be able to do that, but my wife would file for divorce. I don't, she have, would that, kill I don't me. have that
4: much time. I don't have right. that much time he, to read comics. He, well, well you know, a lot I of his stuff is it?
1: statues, and he buys all that. You know, He's the guy that buys You know the five colored kryptonite for three hundred bucks that everyone right. says, Oh, that's mm-hmm. so cool, but I can't afford it. You know what I mean? But yeah. yeah. But uh, still that's I heard that and I said, My God, it would be a lot of fun just to be able to look at previews and just buy every single thing that just struck my fancy and have no yeah. worries about that.
0: Yeah. It I don't have the space to store all that shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's that's I mean, he's he's a great guy, but yeah, good on him. that that's just well he nuts. has a huge, huge, huge
1: comic room. I don't know if he he has pictures on his yeah, site, but it's, I, yeah it's I've, enormous. I've seen it. Yeah. I've seen. It.
0: Can't take it with you when you go. To the Lord, do, do we have a man overboard? Did David leave? Man overboard. Mm-hmm. Turn the uh, ship around. Uh, well. Not, not even a goodbye, huh? I'm going to kick his ass because we're over time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so,
2: same bat time, same bat channel next that's week. That's
0: right. Yeah. It, for those of you who do not know, you can hear more of Chris Niesman. On the wonderful and always entertaining Around Comics with his buddy Brian Salazar and Tom Caters mm-hmm. and other guests uh, who stumble in, um, and you can hear more of David every week on the always exciting Marvel Noise. Wouldn't I? You'll probably get us here. Would you do something else, don't you? You do a, a football thing, right?
1: Yeah, I mean it's uh, actually it's um, it's a football web uh, podcast called The Audible, so, but I'm only a I appear there kind of semi regularly. It's uh, it's actually hosted by two two buddies of mine, so no plug, no plug. plug.
0: David's calling me, so I gotta let him in. Sure, you can uh, just see me on the forums. You can see him on the forums, and here's David. All right, David's back to say goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah, we're over time, buddy. <laughs> oh, shit, we're working on. Let's what was in the middle of the question? We, it's not right. Screw him. We're 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 up to, <laughs> we're up to one hour and fourteen minutes. We don't want to, you know. Over- we,
2: gotta go. we gotta go.
0: That's right. This is not bullpen bulletins. Well, it is, but it's not. <laughs> no. This All
2: right, boys. We'll weeks. see
3: you next week.
0: Yes. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Wood. Thank you. Have a great Wood. night, Chris. David. What it was
3: great having you on for your first episode. First.
0: Yeah, you Whole did well. Here. Yeah. yeah, broke
3: Welcome my
1: cherry, boys. Wood. I uh, oh, I feel like a uh, a freshly violated virgin. <laughs> Feels <laughs> good.
0: Chris, Vince has his way. <laughs> bye, people. Oh. Say bye bye. Bye, boy. Bye. See you next week.